Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the Rally podcast, and something a little bit different for this episode. Rally Legends is growing in popularity every year, and you know we look out for when the, the press releases and the entry list comes out to see who's taking part. And this year, with a really strong contingent of Irish crews go over to San Remo, um, or San Marino, sorry, for the, for the event. And we also had a large number of spectators from Ireland go out, and we had Irish Corner, etc. So we thought, it would be the perfect opportunity to catch up with some of the legends from Ireland who took part in Rally Legend. Kevin. Oh, like what a, uh, you know, a joy I've had to spend, you know, uh, talking to, you know, the legends that went over to the, the Rally Legend. I spoke to Os McHale, Andrew Nesbitt, Rory Kennedy, Donna Kelly, James Coleman, Gareth McHale and Graham Nesbitt. Like, it really has to be on the bucket list, this event. Like the stories, the yarns, like, and then also, you know, the photos and the videos we've seen online this past week or whatever now, almost two weeks now, I suppose, at this stage, it is unreal. It is. I mean, look, it's a, it's a festival and celebration of rallying history. You know, nobody's there for the competition. They're there to see, you know, the hooning around and the, and the bit of crack. Well, I think, I think, I think going to listen to these boys, the competition's there as well, too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that was they weren't being officially timed, but I think there was a few watches and things being clicked, you know. But <laughs> you know, it's obviously old hobbits die hard. But like, you know, we've seen the, the you know the videos, we've seen, you know seen the photos, like yeah, and like you know the some of the cars, like you know the, the group A impresses, how they, all the crazed cars basically there, you know, uh, that was like something else. Then you see you know Yari Matty and you you have Kingston there in the Yaris. You know, the, the absolute latest fake car and Danny Sordo there in the Hyundai, and then you have Delta S4s, Quattros. I think for me, a, a, like a, a rally nerd, that, that would be my Nirvana. Absolutely. I, you know, we, we spoke with Frank Kelly a few months ago and Frank described it, um, you know, as, as he, what he would have imagined going to a round of the world championship back in 1986 was like when you looked at all the, the Lancia Dells S4s and the RS200s and the Peugeot 205s all lined up on, you know, getting ready to go on the start line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and, you know, we're so used to the probably the kind of historic rally in here. It's all Mark II Escort, nearly, you know, nearly a one make challenge. But like, to, to see the variety of machinery that compete over there and the adoration, no matter whether you are the first car in the road or the last car in the road, the fans just seem to stay out in droves and seem to really appreciate the every there. Absolutely. And, you know, considering it's a non-competitive event, it's good to see that, you know, the manufacturers 
usually are represented at each year as well. You know, whether it's been Hyundai in the past or, you know, this year we had Toyota and Yari Mati. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. That's for sure. And, the, you know, yes, you know, there is the, the bumper side. But, you know, the lads were very quick to point out, too, there is a lot of safety involved, too. You know, the, the, the stages are run in a very good way and all that, too. Like, yes, there may be, like, there's a photo of them doing the rounds of two dinosaurs stop, you know, before the stage started, like, you know, blocking the road, you know, things like that. Yes, great crack and all that. But whenever, the, you know, whenever the stage is live, they're, they're, you know, things are taken very seriously as well. No, absolutely. Look, you know, it is a privately run event. It's not regulated by the FIA or anything like that. But the FIA are there every year and they do assist, you know, with regard to, you know, the safety plan and that type of thing. But um, yes, it, you know, it is it is a a properly organized and well-run event, despite, you know, how, how sometimes it comes across, you know, on, on the fan videos. That's for sure. That's for sure. And, like, you know, we, we are in for a real treat, you know, so I think just sit back and enjoy the next hour of banter and crack and slagging and I didn't have to do very much <laughs> the guys done all the talking so Rory your first time at Rally Legends first time for me Kevin yeah um, I was delighted when Donna said um, asked me to go and do the event um, Rally Legends is a, it's an unbelievable event incredible event in fact so much so was when we went there you know we were running the, on the Legend Star section of the rally and I didn't quite comprehend what that involved but uh, you learn these things very quickly when you're there. We were really the we were really there to put on a show, and it wasn't about the stage things. It was about how far sideways you could go around the corners and so on. And um, the rules were applied very well. They weren't applied at all, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but it was um, oh, it was a complete eye opener, and uh, it's totally alien to what we really used to. You know, staying within uh, the time schedule of the rallies. That was all sort of set aside. But um, in terms of enjoyment, it was it was. Unbelievable how hey, the roads, the crowds, the spectators, Irish Corner there. I think Graham was there at, uh, Graham Nesbitt was there at Irish Corner, witnessed it. And, you know, it's it's unbelievable how many Irish were there and how well supported we all were. And it just goes to show what a, what a rally crazy nation we really are, because there's no other nation like it that has such a thing as, as an Irish rally corner on um, on the event. But anyway, it was an absolute pleasure to do and be part of. And, um it was great to see Austin there, of course, Austin McHale. For, I haven't seen him for a while, and to be behind the wheel of the focus again, it was great to see him there, and all the McHale family, and Andrew, James Coleman, um, Ray, and uh, Andy, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, like, Austin, you know, you are the Irish, one of the Irish rally legends. Like, what was the, the, the thought process in going competing in Italy? Or in San Remo, I should say, not in Italy. I suppose basically it was uh, very new to us, uh, very new to me. Uh, never having done the event before. Uh, spectators were unbelievable. And uh, it's probably a case of uh, you have to be cautious of you want spectators around, etc. And uh, uh, most enjoyable on that end. Uh, something we've never seen. We've seen some of maybe in the Monty years ago or some of them events are maybe the Thousand Lakes. But, uh, but the show they put on there was, was second to none. And uh, I think the... Uh, People that were lower ourselves, obviously, and Andrew and uh, uh, well, all the rest of them with Donnelly, you see, and uh, Ray Breen, and uh, obviously James. You know, that made a huge difference because it was a sort of a an Irish event at a foreign Irish crowd, foreign event at Irish crowd, made it really worthwhile. Yeah, and the, you know, to get the you know the family focus fired up and you know put on the helmets and get the countdown at the start of the stage. Nice feeling to be back that way again. 
Yeah, it's most enjoyable. I haven't been out really. Uh, I used the car in one of the day Vu's uh, Scarce World Championship car, and uh, I haven't really driven in anything competitive since 2009-10 in Rally Ireland. Uh, but um, yeah, it's a good experience. Um, lovely car, very easy car to drive. And, uh, you know, we went over with a small crew. We didn't need any repairs or we weren't prepared for anything, but the car, you had no problems whatsoever. It was really enjoyment to get back into it. And, uh, you know, you really get the bug again to go back out again somewhere else if we can get Andrew to come out as well in the Mitsubishi. <laughs> so it'd be interesting, you know. <laughs> Andrew, I would say after Rally Legends, um, it wouldn't take much convincing to get you back out again either. Well, <clears throat> it was very interesting because I got a phone call from the McHale camp and they, they said they could use use boys need to get back out again and I phoned Austin and I said right are we going to do this because Gareth and Aaron had been ringing him and he says look let me speak to Murphy and so he rang Brian and I rang James and within 15 minutes we had the whole thing sorted out we were going and once we had the deposit paid uh, Graham put my deposit in and, and we were there before we knew it we were in Italy and what a place to go to. It's the maddest scene I've ever been to, and I'm sure everyone will agree with me. You know, hundreds of thousands of people there, and the corners were selected to the Italians and the Irish and people from all over Europe, back to all over the world. I was speaking to people from Australia. But it was nice to see it was nice to see Jimmy McRae out there as well with Alistair and young Max and the whole Subaru team that appeared as well and it was a real honor and, and respectful moment for the whole pro drive organization i would say uh, because they, they they put a huge effort into it but for for me it was great to get out racing against austin McHale, my <laughs> my my mentor and teacher and uh, he he said to me uh, along the event he says you remember the first day you sat with me in Lurgan Park I says I remember it very well you scared the life out of me I was sitting in as a navigator at that time when Irish Rally needed funding for the insurance yeah. back in the day and uh, it, it it was fantastic to have that reunion again with Austin and Brian and, and more importantly the whole family of the McHales and the Nesbitts and everyone met up together and Donna Kelly and Aidan and everyone that was there, Ray, everyone appeared together and it was a super, super time. Yeah. And like Donna, your second time there now, uh, the BMW, every photo you see, she's getting into wilder and wilder angles. Um, great to be part of the event. Yeah, look, we, we were kind of on a bit of a European tour and it was uh, our way of uh, finishing it off on a high. and. You know, as the guys have said, the, the atmosphere is something that you just, you're so lucky to, to be part of it and witness it. Um, I'm sure we could learn a lot uh, from uh, the event. Uh, maybe there's a lot of things that uh, they could take from us uh, as well, but um, the buzz uh, is just uh, electric. And again, everybody talks about the Irish. The, the Irish uh, representation was huge, uh, you know, given the number of spectators. Uh, and like when you were coming up to Irish corner and you see nothing but flags and even the next corner you see nothing but Irish flags and you have everybody waving at you and cheering you on so it, it's like you just um, you just don't get to have those experiences or, or moments uh, in um, in our domestic scene here you know so it's, it's fabulous to be part of that's for sure that's for sure and like, James not your first time there 
Uh, you've seen the event grow over the last few years. It has become, I think, even more bonkers than what it's been in previous years. Absolutely, Kevin. Yeah, it's 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 funny. It was my fourth year there. Um, I was trying to count it up. Really, was it three times or four times? I think it was there eighteen, nineteen, twenty-one, and this year. Um, and when I went there first, obviously in eighteen, I actually couldn't believe it. Kevin, being honest with you, it reminded me of nothing. And Andrew touched on it there, and so did Austin of what we saw on television thirty years ago in Portugal, where where you come out to a square left corner and there's no road. There's just people and, and they actually open up and you go through and they close back in behind you. I genuinely never thought I'd see that in rallying in modern day. Um, and it's the crowds from all over the world, as the lad said, including Australia. It's just remarkable. Um, if we had our time back again, knowing what we know now for this year, we were looking in the rally village right beside the HQ. And quite difficult to get in there, but I insisted on it because we felt it was the place to be. And thanks to Craig, um, in the previous years, we always got into Rally Village because he was obviously classified as a superstar there or one of the, the Rally One drivers. So we insisted on it this year again. Um, if I had my time back and known for definite that all the lads were going with Valeria, the secretary out there, I would have pushed very hard that we would all have got in to one particular section of that Rally Village where we could have all been together. Um, rather than being split up a little bit, which was a pity. But what would shock you, Kevin, about the place is, like, we love rallying in Ireland, and we had an incredible following out there. And Donna's right, there was three Irish corners, three hairpins, one after another. I actually wasn't sure which one was the actual Irish corner. <laughs> but so we, we had the handbrake on all of them. But <laughs> Captain, there's a love for rallying, there's a passion for rallying. And what, what shocked me more than anything about Legends this year, even more than any other year, the amount of people wanting to just photograph every aspect of your car. <clears throat> the only thing about it is whether it was Austin's Focus or Andrew's Mitsubishi or Donald's BMW or my Eskimo, there was a Fiat 500 there as well, and there was a Fiat 127. And they were taking the same photographs of those cars as they were of ours, which is pure passion for motorsport. And it, it just, that's the only way I could describe it. It's just an amazing place, amazing crack. I was obviously well aware of what some of the lads weren't aware of from, from um, 18. You can pretty much do whatever you want within reason, if you understand what I'm saying. And the more spectacle you can put on, the more you're loved there. And they make you put on the spectacle. And you come off the stages and the lads probably see it, you know, they're down on the road section and they, they bound down to you when you come off like mad stuff. You know, and we're nobodies, really. Well, I'm a nobody in rally terms out in Italy. Some of the lads have, to be fair, performed around the world. But when you see that going on, it's just fascinating stuff. It's really, you couldn't make it up, Kevin, being straight. You couldn't. Yeah, and you touched on something there. Like, Craig was a fan of rally legends. It was his like, happy place, I suppose you could put it. You know, it was all, you know, it's all what he loved about rally and all those old cars and all that. And to see the respect that they paid Craig over the weekend as well, too. That must have been very special for like, to yourself out there to see that and for Ray and all the I was incredible, yeah. They were handing out stickers <clears throat> um, which had Ken Block and Craig on them, you know. And like being Ireland, being a small place, rallying is a minority sport, even though it's a huge following. Um, but to see to see the love they had for Craig, uh, Craig, in fairness, a bit like Sean Kelly in cycling terms in his day. He was huge in Europe and he was known in Ireland 
where is Craig in Italy and obviously speaking fluent Italian, fluent Italian. Um, you know, he was he had a savage, savage following in Italy and he put Ireland on the map in Italy in a big way. And that obviously would have helped all of us as well out there. But I suppose something that rally legends have done and do, and I'm no doubt the lads will agree with us, they have done the extreme opposite to what the World Championship have done. They've taken the rally into the people rather than taking it away from the people. In world rally terms, you go to a world rally now and on a Friday, the cars leave in the morning at six o'clock and you don't see them until that night at eight or nine o'clock. In legends, they have cars all day, every day for the whole event and they can feel them, touch them, kiss them, meet you. They can do everything. They've actually done the extreme opposite. If we get a balance somewhere with rallying in the world, the World Rally Championship and what legends have achieved as regards bringing the rally to the people. It would be incredible if we could do that. And Donna has often spoken about this, about bringing the rally to the people. And mm-hmm. I would agree legends was yeah. ultimate of that. Yeah. And Graham, your first time at Rally Nations, bringing rally to the people, you were one of those people in the crowd. Like, is it everything we look at and see on social media and more? It was 10 times more, Kevin, I think, for... <laughs> For us going out, you know, there was an expectation that this was a crazy event. We've all seen the videos, I think, of uh, Paolo Diana and the 131 sideways everywhere. And, and, you know, we've seen it on YouTube, obviously, Craig in previous years <clears throat> brought it to our attention back home in Ireland of, of what this event was all about. But actually going to spectate, it really, for me, exceeded my expectations. I think, you know, the the, the Friday was the first day there for me and all the cars lined up, parked firmly in the San Marino Olympic Village where they have their racing track and like an athletics track and they had you know whatever 150 or 170 entries parked around the track all 400 meters of it that you could walk around get up close and personal as jim said and get photos of whatever you liked and if you look at what was there you know there was seven or eight group a impreza 555 cars or seven or eight stratos uh lancia delta s4s you know everything from group four group b group a and then all iterations of wrc cars and then so sort of some of the more crazy exotic cars that we also love in rallying as well, like the Pikes Peak car, even James's Mark II there. You know, it was, there wasn't that normally in an Irish rally. You know, there's there's plenty of Mark IIs actually on that event. There wasn't, and it was a, a special thing to see as well. So, you know, I think for me going over, I didn't know what to expect. Um, but I think I, I texted my wife on the Friday even said, I think I've died and gone to rally heaven. Gareth, from your point of view, the dad out and uh, the focus, was there a bit of a wee bit jealous that he was getting to drive the stages and you were only able to watch? Uh, that probably a little bit, but um, no, it was, it was something there, Kevin, that myself and Aaron were talking about, and with Brian there, trying to get that out in the car, and really just came about there. Aaron was talking to James and a few of the other lads that had competed there before, and when we saw that the Irish contingent that was going over just was the perfect fit. So... Um, on a personal note, it was great for us as a Mikhail family because all the grandchildren went over as well. And see, you know, they've obviously they know who their grandfather is and what, what he's done and they've watched the videos and they've seen the, the press clippings and that. Mm-hmm. So it was great there to see him um, actually in behind the wheel and competing. And um, just alluding there to what Graham had said, yeah, about the spectators and, and the atmosphere. We all flew in together. On Thursday evening, and we missed the uh, the opening um, stage, the the Legends Shakedown on Thursday. So uh, thanks to Grace O'Brien, she gave us the pinpoint there for Friday evening where we were. We went to spectate, and um, all I can say is it brought us back to watching the old Group B videos, 
that you used to watch at home. The cars were coming down, basically down the mountain, and it was into a bowl and back up the other side. And the atmosphere was electric. And as I turned to my own wife, and I just said, this is unbelievable. Delighted that we came and for our own lads to see it. You know, there was flares going off. They had chainsaws that they'd taken off the, the chainsaw. And they were going with speakers. It was just unbelievable. <laughs> and um, no, to see that all the lads competing there was was great. And um, yeah, to call it, it was definitely a memory made for life. And then when we we were all there together, like we're, we're out there, we had food together as well. We're out in restaurants, Nesbitt's, Donna Kelly there ourselves. We're all out and it was a real good carnival atmosphere and it was a very as james said they sort of they brought the the rallying back to the people and that's one thing that the wrc is lacking that you can't get in near these special cars that are around you have straight up to all from the 70s right up to the current wrc cars and you can literally walk around kevin and sort of get your picture taken or see exactly what it is and touch them and i think that is uh one of the big draws of the um the rally legends and like Donna, you know, like you you started your collection up in Frosts. Like to go and look and see, is the the, the bucket list increased after last weekend as well? Yeah, <clears throat> I have to say, Kevin, in the <clears throat> world of collecting cars, I'm a nobody when it comes to uh, <laughs> when you get to San Marino because some of the cars are just unbelievable. Like when you have the likes of an S4 Delta, which is worth about two million. And you have a guy absolutely welling it around the stages. You know, it's uh, they're out using their cars and enjoying them. Um, but it's fabulous to see such machinery actually still out there and uh, competing uh, in whether it's Legend Stars or the the main rally. But um, yeah, and the, the amount of people that you meet there and you start talking to them and they start telling you about the cars they have, and it's just like holy god, it's it's just unbelievable the cars some of these guys have you know so yeah for me it was uh it's great to to, to mix in that whole uh circle and guys telling you what's available and yeah different cars that are coming on the market etc you know so but it's um yeah it's a collector's dream mm -hmm. uh Marino, yeah and like Austin, for you, for you know the, the you know mentioned there that the night stage and you know going down through and the flares and all that do you get a sense of all that in the car? Do you hear the crowds and do you see the flares being lit up? Is that is that something completely mad from inside the car as well? Yeah, pro probably. Uh, I think on the uh, the, uh, the shakedown thing on that Friday night uh, was really spectacular. Uh, that was during the day, but on the what was it? The stage of Thursday in the estate there, and uh, uh, Yara Matty was out first. And uh, going around the roundabout twice, completely broadsides. You know, it's spectacular to watch to see it afterwards. But uh, uh, the night stage then on the on the Friday uh, was very good. Uh, yes, you would see the the crowds, see the flares, and see all the really good uh, flash damp or torches, and you wouldn't know whether it was a car coming back up the stage facing you or what it was. But it was something spectacular, really. And I think to uh, drive around the uh, San Marino Grand Prix track. Which uh, we watched for years and years ago with the with the Atron Centers and the James Hunts and um, these lads in the Formula One. You know, you know, it was nice to do that as well. So it's just completely different uh, to me. Anyway, I've been around and done a lot of events, but uh, there's something spectacular. And I think as everybody's saying there that they they bring the event to the crowds, to the spectators, and they're so passionate, really. Uh, 
they, they really want to touch the cars, you know, and as James was saying, it's like Portugal years ago, but, um, you know, fantastic that way. Yeah, because, like, like, you know, you were rallying back in the 80s, you know, whenever we had the likes of Remelton Town Stage and Letter Kennedy Town Stage, and, like, you know, we spectators remember them things, but, like, to go back and sort of get the vibe and get the, the taste and touch all that again, it must almost rewind the clock back for the likes of yourself there as well. Yeah, I would, of course, you know, and, and uh, it's been back a lot of good memories with the cars. It was back in the, the 70s up to the current cars that they're all there. And uh, uh, I don't particularly like night stages. Uh, we wouldn't have not had the experience of doing night rallying here, but uh, it's always spectacular. And uh, especially as Gareth was in there, you know, years ago on the circuit of Ireland, being able to spectate and, you know, the likes of uh, Sally Gap and different stages like that with the cars we've seen down across Mayo and Galway. At uh, two or three o'clock in the morning, you can see the cars coming for the spectators coming down the mountain, the lights are basically and down to where they're spectating. I think it's much the same there, except the crowds are huge and much bigger, and the flares and all the rest going as well. I think some of the flares even landed on, on bales of hay, they were set on fire, and that was part of this, the spectacle, I suppose, really, in a way. And uh, you know, fantastic, yeah. And like Andrew, like we all know, like there, there's the inner madman. And um, was it was it nice to get the opportunity and being encouraged to let the madman loose? Um, is, is that Austin you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. No, look, it, it was it was amazing. Both Austin and I talked about it. We we hadn't really rallied competitively for a lot of years, and it was great to get the cars back out again. And believe you me, uh, Austin was full tilt, particularly uh, you know around that race circuit. You could see the car, the speed of the car that he was driving and was right on it from the first second. So for me, it was a, a delight and a pleasure to watch Austin performing around the circuit because I was fit to watch that. And for me to, to get the Mitsubishi out, which is an old galley car, um, Gigi Galley. And we had a lot of Italians coming up saying, is this Gigi's, is this Galley's car? And I said, yes, it is. Oh, can I have a photograph? Can I sign this? And it's, you know, that whole added to the atmosphere. But the pace was very competitive. Donna, James, I've been watching footage of your cars over the last couple of days. And look at you, you were full on it. Everybody was full on it. And and for to be doing that for the crowd and for the Irish spectators uh, was fantastic. And I would like to thank all of the people that arrived in from Ireland particularly because they arrived to watch us guys uh, along with all the Italian counterparts and it, it was great. It was one big family and everyone was sitting down talking to each other and taking time, which is most important. Uh, when we're back on the, on the start line in Ireland, it's really competitive. You're... You know, it's all about the time between A and B. But for there, for us, it was about showing off the cars, uh, meeting the people and and getting to know our opposite numbers who we raced uh, all those years ago. I, I was speaking to Latvala. He was driving the Yaris. And I said to him, oh, how are you keeping? He says, yeah, very well, Andrew. He says, the last time I raced you, you beat me in Armagh. How did you remember that? It often stuck in his mind. Uh, I think we took 28 seconds off him. But however, that's the way life is. What's the age of that? We believe you, we believe you. We believe you. We believe you. Sorry, was that, was that awesome that maybe at that time? I don't know. 
<laughs> Andrew, there, there were lads came up to us in service saying about about uh, the Mitsubishi, and we said Gigi Galli. He said, "No, that's Nesbitt. So who's Gigi Galli?" They said. <laughs> <laughs> And Rory, for yourself to get back into the M3 again, like, you know, we talked about rewinding the clock. Does that, you know, every time you step back into the M3, is there a wee party, you know, that does the head, does the mind drift back to your time of birthday there? Well, there's no secret, Kevin, that I've said before many times that when people ask me what was the favourite rally car I was ever in, um, I always said it was the M3, the VMM3 that we used in 1990 and uh, 89 and 90, sorry, with Birdie way back in the day. I'm sure Austin would probably agree with that as well. One of the best cars we ever had. So then when all these years pass and Donna came to me or called me up one day and said, would you fancy doing Killarney in that M3? I didn't even have to think about it. I was so delighted to be able to go back and do that. And as you can see from the videos there that have been shown all week and so on, we certainly had a time of our lives and rally legends and there wasn't a corner that we didn't try and get full of the rack, but <laughs> quite often we were full of the rack anyway. But it was it's an amazing car and it's um it's uh, rally legends amazing event to go to and do and like Donna drives the car very well and very spectacularly so um it's to me I know it's the closest uh, closest to my heart to be like in terms of rally cars but something else Kevin about rally legends you know um as Austin said there and Andrew said we got to do the Masano race track or race circuit as well which is used for the um MotoGP and uh, we had uh, the stage was actually 12 k's long and it was like four or five cars on the track at any one time and we're always all together and we're diving down the inside and diving around the outside and down into chicanes trying to outbreak one another like it really was a highlight you know sometimes rally driver rally drivers and racetracks don't go together but in particular on that night of course they did at night time as well it was an amazing experience saying we did the, we did the circuit three different laps and uh, everybody all the drivers andrew austin um, uh, Donna and Ray and everybody else enjoyed it thoroughly. It was a fantastic opportunity to do something like that for a change. Mm -hmm. And like Gareth, like you were like kind of keeping the watch and briefing this. Was the the old competitive spirit getting up between the guys? You know, they were saying they weren't being timed officially, but was there was the the watches being checked at the end of the stages? I think there's a couple of stopwatches out there. All right, Kevin, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know there's definitely listen. There's going to be competitiveness between the guys all the time. You know, like they've rallied there for a number of years against each other, and they definitely still have that competitive streak in them. But um, I suppose to put it in a nutshell, there with with uh, the rally legends or with Sam Remo was what other rally would you get to see two six hundred odd brake uh, rally cross cars being driven sideways on stages? You know, it's just so spectacular. And um, it was great there to have everybody there. And as I said, it was a very um, friendly and good crack and banter and lot between everybody. And I'm sure there was a bit of slagging at the start of the stages like there has been before, yeah. Yeah. And like, Graham, you know, like, with, you showed me like, a, a clip from the Masano race track. Like, as, as Andrew said earlier, like the Formula One stars and whatever in previous years, you know, like that was... You think a rally car on a, a track, it's not going to work, but it really did. It was something spectacular. No, it was absolutely fantastic. I think what really made it was the the way they had it running, that there was up to five, six, seven cars on the track, same part of the track together. So if you watch the onboard, you know, which I shared with you of Andrew's onboard, you know, you're going up the outside of Valencia Stratus and then coming up the inside of a Group A Subaru. It's just completely mental, <laughs> all on the same part of the track. And um, it was the nighttime, you know, the, the, the grandstand was absolutely packed. 
certainly where we were, um, all the Italians, because obviously the San Marino was a little bit up in the hills. Uh, the racetrack was down uh, near Rimini. So I suppose they put that on to bring the rallying even closer to those kind of towns that are nearby. And certainly there was a response to it and, and the place was full. And um, yeah, it was really, really spectacular. And it's something I certainly really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And James, you know, like, was it, is it alien driving on the track, you know, as a rally driver, like having to overtake and watching the mirrors almost, you yeah. know, in case anybody would be trying to come up to the uh, well, obviously, Miss Anna, the, the track was, that was the first time this year, Kevin, for that. The the norm is um, three stages on a Friday night. You do one in the light and then you do one in the dark and then you go for dinner to the castle. Um, and it's a unique thing about Rally Legends is there's a meal every day. So on Friday on Friday evening, we did one stage in the country. We went out and did in Misano. And then there was a buffet meal upstairs um, in the hospitality area, which was an incredible thing to do. And um, I suppose just to finish on that, Kevin, it's brilliant because, I mean, I've met Rory Kennedy over hundreds of times at rallies and he hasn't time to talk to you. To be fair, because he's busy, he's seriously professional what he does. The same with any of the drivers there. Your head is somewhere else. But that night we spoke more, we laughed more. Rory was videoing, sending videos to his his son, our daughter in Australia. And you know, to see that atmosphere, we had it the following day, then again in another venue where you had pizza or lasagna for lunch in the middle of the day, provided by the club. And you know. That's the difference, I think. Here, when you're rallying, it's full on, it's times, it's boom, 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 boom. And then you finish the rally, you want to get home. It's hard to credit over three days. I think we only did 80 kilometers. But by God, we had some fun. But, <laughs> but to go back to Misano, yeah, I couldn't, I did quite a bit of karting and I couldn't wait to get on. When we wrecked that the night before, I actually couldn't wait to get there. I said, this is going to be incredible. Now, I had watched that type of uh, format in Monza the year of COVID when they ran around the championship there, fill gaps. And I thought it was incredible uh, that you'd have all these cars passing each other and coming behind each other. Okay, in the world championship level, there wasn't a lot of overtaking um, in Monza, but on and this weekend, last weekend there was, it was incredible. And like the lad said, all kinds of everything, your passing, watching <laughs> the mirrors was uh, brilliant. And the circus, like a biller table, I couldn't believe that you could create 3.4 miles like a biller table. And that's exactly what it was. There wasn't one bump in it, to be fair. It's amazing. And, like, and Donna, like the M3 was kind of developed for, you know, the tracks, you know, the, 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 the rally car come later. So it was almost a home ground for the M3. Well, I don't, I don't know about the, the M3 being developed for the track, but uh, my co-driver became like a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Telling me not to break and take the racing line and not to the outside and forget about him, keep going, go, go, go. And uh, we came off that track laughing for about 20 minutes. That was just the fun. Uh, it, it really was um, something very, very different, uh, but it was... I think everybody really enjoyed it, you know, and again, maybe there's a lesson in that too, you know, uh, for us. And, and as James says, you know, if the service halts or whatever, where they provide um, some uh, food and the likes and you get time to meet with people and chat. And yeah, it's just a very, very different type of event. Uh, there is no pressure, you know, but uh, yeah, the, uh, the M3, um, I think it suited the circuit all right, you know, and uh, certainly suits an event like that. 
you know, where you're wanting a bit of fun and uh, throw it about. So, but uh, yeah, and it's it's a brilliant car to drive. So yeah, it was good crack. And Austin, from the, your point of view, you got to see Andrew Nesbitt relaxing a wee bit. Is he any different when he's chilled out compared to what he is like when he's getting fully wound up before the start of the stage? Yeah, we see him. He was he was chilled out, chilled out all right for the rally, but um, he was definitely wound up for the uh, Ireland or Black Match. But to answer your question, yeah, it's an enjoyable weekend. You know, like you I mean, it is um, for the competitors put on a show for the spectators and the thousands of people that's there, you know, and it was, our family was there, and you know, so, so it's definitely good for that. The people are an awful lot more relaxed, and, you know, um, they will be keeping checking times, and I think that the likes have done it. And uh, another guy called Michael Cullen that would be really good at the track racing, and Mandela and stuff like that, and uh, they'll be keeping times on the, on the racetrack because the likes of Michael would be Hoping that he'd wipe everybody's eye there, but I don't think I think Don actually beat him around the race track. Which... <laughs> 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 there's a wind up here again. We'll not get into the Beacon Hospital then. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you'd, you'd, have, you'd have the crack there, you know, that uh, somebody so what time did you do that? And we did it, we're saying, well, I would say, say 10 minutes, and you say, we did it at 9 58. <laughs> the ticket one wasn't worth. They'll probably have to take it off two or fifteen seconds off themselves before they gave you time. Anyway. <laughs> that was, but that was, that was part of the cracking, and that you know, so everybody would relax from the service crews or anything, right? To all the competitors, you know, you know, we see when you see the likes of some of the, the quattros that we knew back in in the day in the eighties and the nineties and that, and, and to see that uh, Pike's Peak car, you know, just taken off the line, just spectacular, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But. Uh, yeah, most enjoyable on that end, yeah. Yeah, and like even for yourself, like you know, uh, like you're you know you're you are a rally head behind it all too. So to see these cars again, to see you know the quad taken off the line, does it still put the shivers up your spine to see the likes of that? Oh yeah, definitely. Like I mean, the the old supercars or something else, and the, the WRCs and like the current WRCs, obviously, uh, what the Aramati was doing, that was the only stuff we seen on that. I think Sardo was out as well. But we didn't see him in the Hyundai, but uh, the old cars, you know, going from the Quattros to right across the board, like they're all spectacular, something else to watch really in the way. And like Gareth, you know, like to see those old cars, like being thrown, like uh, Don has mentioned earlier, but, you know, the Delta S4 being thrown down the road, like, given some welly and all that. Like these cars are, they're not show ponies, they, they are being driven to the, the limit. Well, definitely, yeah. You know, what to call it, uh, the Quattros and Donna included there driving the M3 around was spectacular to watch. You know, he was full of the rack around the Irish corner and everything. And uh, it was great to see these cars all been all been driven to the limits, you know. And as I said there before, even the rallycross cars, like 600 odd brake, and they have been driven to the limit by the two lads and they're going in tangent behind one another. It was brilliant. And it's not something that you're going to see anywhere. And um, yeah, it's, it's what you call it. It, uh, it definitely was a great weekend, you know. Yeah, and Graham, you know, like Kane Dunn and uh, Kelly and Cronin and these guys, you know, put the big push on for the Irish corner, and it really seemed to be a huge success. It was absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, we, um, as with any rally, you're kind of racing from one stage to the next, but actually having that put on gave you sort of something to aim for. 
Um, so, you know, we got found, but I was standing alongside Gareth and, and some of the McKeel crew. Um, we could actually only get down to the far side of the hairpin, just above it, because the place was just packed. Um, now, we could definitely get the full of the atmosphere, particularly now when the, the big ID Quattro came through and there was kind of a hole in the inside of the corner and everybody was staying out, staying out, keeping clean. And he went that far into the inside of the corner. He actually was over the hole just like that there. <laughs> absolute madness. Um, but no, in fairness to the lads, you know, there was, as we all knew, a lot of people from home going out to spectate. We were chatting to a lot of them in service. You know, we, we had a little corner with Thomas Fitzmaurice and their crew and, and um, Austin, their crew. Um, and, and as GM said, there was kind of a couple of different separate areas with different groups. But the the people were coming to chat, but actually getting everyone to the one corner to spectate was brilliant. And um, the atmosphere was just stone mad. Yeah. And like Andrew, you know, with this the family five, you know, the the the, the Irish Valley family done us proud once again. Like the, the you know, there there was no bad behaviour. There was a lot of drink obviously consumed, but there was it was all good good fun. Yeah, well, I I had been drinking for three months. I was in full training, as Austin knows, for the event. And uh, make you any quicker. <laughs> 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 for those who don't know yeah I, I always was uh, getting good slagging here but you know as Graham says the Irish corner was brilliant but I want to come back to what James said earlier if we all collectively can go there again uh, I think we should have our own Irish quarter in the main arena where all the, the people come into now it was super very much they had their own section this year, but I think we could have an Irish section with eight or ten competitors with the World Rally cars and the BMWs and the Mark II Escorts, all of the kit that was there, and add another two or three guys to it, as, as we had young Fanning was there in the, the Skoda as well. And, yeah, and we had the S12, a B or C, actually, I think, I believe it is. But we're coming back to the race circuit. The one thing that caught myself out I was trying to pass a guy in a Lancia, whatever it was, and I kept staying to the right, thinking this guy's going to pull to the left. I didn't realise it was in the wrong country because everybody passes in the left, not the right. And uh, so once I learned that I was in the wrong part of the circuit, it, it, it sort of changed things for me. But the, the light of that circuit, you could see every metre of it and the racing lines were there to be had. But the... Just thousands of people up in the stands with their flares and their flashes and everything that went with it. It 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 really it set it out to be a different event for me. I would love to see us all going back out there again with the knowledge that we now have. James, you've been there before, and obviously you have that knowledge. So I would like to try and get a team of ten or twelve uh, people together for that event again and, and and go at it. But maybe more importantly, we should consider how can we do this back in Ireland because this is where we should be bringing this to the rally fans and I'm just sitting here thinking can we do it possibly around Donegal Airport for example um, I'm thinking of the Donegal stages or around some big airfield where you could make a lot of things happen because you do need that space for 140 cars but you're bringing all the cars and all the drivers and navigators to the people and it is a much kinder and softer way of getting to the people and we had a great time as a result of that.
Yeah. And like James, <laughs> I'm going to throw that one at you. Is this something that, you know, we know how fanatical Irish fans are. Like, this, you know, this was on another level. Like, what, a, what a, is it something that you could envisage bringing to Ireland uh, an Irish rally legends? Well, funny, funny thing you should ask, Kevin, because two two years ago on the Rallies Commission, we mooted the idea of uh, a legend a legend section on maybe international rallies as a trial for a year. I mentioned it to Austin actually in in San Marino, um, whereby on all international rallies next year, for example. <laughs> that we could have 10 or 12 of the heroes of the sport. And look, not that anybody's 100 years older than any of us here on the screen, but to be fair, Andrew and and, and Austin, uh, as drivers, are legends of Irish motorsport, to be fair, right? And whilst they might be only 10 years older than you or whatever, but 10 years when you're 18 is a lot. 10 years when you're 15 is a hell of a lot. So, but I, I, like, I remember Austin McHale in the black BMW doing the Circuit of Ireland and we followed and he damaged the wing of it down around Kilkenny somewhere. And I remember us following him in behind the Green Acre pub on the Dublin side of Carlow. And he baited the wing of it with a sledge inside there. And the control actually was on the South Circular Road, Austin, if I remember rightly. And I think the HQ was the Burlington. I don't know what year that was, but we were very young then following Austin in the circuit. And I suppose I'd love to see, from a rallying perspective in Ireland, I would love to see the lads over a certain age group, whatever that age group would be, in the cars they have, be it a Focus, be it a Metro, be it a BMW or whatever, and that there'll be 10 or 12 of them in every international rally in the country, having their own competition, maybe even over one day, because I know they like to enjoy themselves in the nighttime. So it mightn't be fair to have them out over two days. So I'd love to see something like that, Kevin, and maybe that's achievable. We've had a lot going on over the last two years with 24-month calendars and lots of things that has transformed the sport in Ireland. So, But it is certainly on the, the agenda to be discussed, whereby we could maybe have 10 or 12 of cars of that caliber of a certain age group on international events hopefully over the next year or two and it would be great to get the lads back out and because people do want to see them they still though know, they were very young maybe at the time the the current generation of the younger generation following but they still know the days the andrew nesbitt and donna kelly obviously and rory and like donna like we, you know we had it in donegal in 2022 you know to celebrate the 50th anniversary and like we had the legends there, like the 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 buzz around that day was just it's going to be one of them days. It's going to live long in the memory of anybody that was there. Like there is an appetite out there for this type of thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There's a huge interest, you know, and that's the thing about um, rally legends. You know, it wasn't just all about um, the competition or the speed of that. It was just the whole ability to access. The drivers, the cars. Myself and Rory were going into the last stage, and I think Andrew was parked behind us. There was this little girl come over. She says she wanted to photograph. Uh, she's probably in her early teens, and uh, I says, "Fine, jump into the car." And she got into the car and she started to cry. And then her dad started to cry. And in their broken English, they were telling us about you know what this meant to them to be able to, you know, and like that passion, you know. And it was like. You're just going, this place is just crazy, you know. And uh, that type of atmosphere, you know, it's not just about people witnessing a car going past at, at high speed. It's the ability to to come and talk to the drivers and see the cars up close, uh, etc. That that's that's part and you know, again, it's it's relaxed 
uh, in the sense that if you're in the middle of the service park and you want to do a burnout, you're not going to get thrown out of the rally for it. So long as you're not daft, you know, uh, and you're not uh, reckless. But, you know, and it is that type of, kind of environment that gives the, the fans a little bit of excitement, you know. Yeah, and Andrew, like, you know, go back to Donegal in 2022, like, you know, you were part of that day, like, the crowds that gathered up in the Ross and Hotel, you know, it was that kind of, like, vibe, you know, very relaxed, you know, is at the dinner on the Saturday night, you know, done the, the couple of stages on the, the Sunday, and like, there was something very special about that day, uh, you know, the, the crowds that lined the stages, Vincent Bonner in the Shimmer it was like going back to 1983 for them, like, there is, a, there is an appetite out there for this type of thing in Ireland as well, I do believe. Yeah, well, I think the secret uh, for rally legends in San Marino was they kept everything tight and brought the people to the centre. And like, the, the running track, you could see all of the cars and people were allowed to go in there and take photographs with the cars, with the drivers, with the navigators. And so it was like a park for me that was open to everyone rather than locked away from everyone. And I think that's the big difference with this. Um, yes, we all appeared in Donegal a couple of years ago, but I think we could do this on an annual basis. And I've no doubt we, we, we would pull spectators from around the world, particularly Europe. It's only a two-hour flight into Dublin now from most of these places. And likewise for us going out there, um, best thing I've ever done. And I think Austin would agree with me. We, we'd like to do it again. Awesome. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely enjoy. Mm -hmm. And like you know, you have tasted this. You know, the the Italian and San Remo event. Is it something that you would like to see come to Ireland and hover? Because like, how passionate are our own spectators here? You know, like, there's probably every bit as much passion in Ireland as there is anywhere else in Europe. I think all we have to do is get a hundred chainsaws lined up and get the chains <laughs> off them. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm better than me. <laughs> but well, oh, I have to, I agree to give Austin credit here. He has he holds the uh, the Irish rally license longer than any of us, fifty two years. That is some length of time to be competing, Austin. I'm giving that with credit. Uh, where did you get that figure? Where did you get that figure from? Uh, you and I were standing at the bar. Do <laughs> <laughs> you believe that? I tell you, Austin. He, he, he's still an international license. He's counting the trophies behind you, Austin. That's what he's <laughs> counting the trophies. No, no, they're they're only football ones. <laughs> Bring it down to the bar and show you the photographs. Uh, yeah. No, no, it's true. Like, my license is uh, one of the first, uh, I'd say the numbers, 172. And uh, when I was picking it up for for last weekend, it was a compliment they paid to me in uh, Motorsport Ireland. Uh, that is one of the longest, oldest that they have there, you know, which is not too bad. That's amazing. That man's been competing for 52 years. Yeah. Everyone in the world can take their hat off to that. <laughs> what does that make me now, Andy? <laughs> well, you started very young. Good answer. <laughs> but Austin, like, do you think there like would there be a, an appetite out there in Ireland for this type of event to come here? 
Well, I think, I mean, the, it's obvious from the amount of Irish people that went over to uh, San Marino, you know, like, I mean, it's huge. And, okay, the fact that uh, Donna, Andy, and ourselves, and James, obviously, the Irish injury was there, um, that would brought a big help for them to come over. And I think, to answer your question for here, of course there is. I think that was proven in, in, in Donegal a couple of years ago and had the legends and uh, uh, ran a couple of the stages there. And uh, I think there's a few people on, 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 on Glen, they wait for the stage to go down Glen. And uh, a lot of the lads thought the stage was going to run Glen, but Glen was Glen was cancelled. <laughs> and uh, we ran another stage. I can't remember what stage. You remember Atlantic Drive, Atlantic Drive, and the Atlantic Drive was run, and there was another stage replaced Glen. Was it? Yeah. But um, you know, like I mean, uh, there's a huge interest in that. I think that was proven in, in Rasa Pena, the hotel, and the amount of people that came for that. You know, but uh, overall, yes, I think it would be an addition to the rallies here because I think the rallies here now have gone an awful lot, uh, especially the national championship rounds and the recce on the Saturday and whatever the rally on the Sunday. And I'm not complaining about nothing wrong with it, but as soon as the rally's over, like the rally finished at the end of the, the last stage, and that's it. Everybody gathers up their tools and their vehicles and heads, you know, and it's much the same really. A lot of the internationals in the older days, we used to have the prize given, the same as the Donegal still has. And uh, I think Clarny was the same at the end of the event, which is good for the crowds. And a lot of the crowds would meet the competitors rather than they wouldn't have seen them during the event. We go to the prize given, and that's, you know, so it's a more personal thing there. But yeah, I think that yeah, to, run, yeah, to run a Legends event, or maybe two or three, maybe a Donegal and Clarny, that sort of thing. Uh, would be very good idea. Yeah, and like Rory, like from your point of view, we've talked about this before. Like the the atmosphere in the Russell Pennant on that Sunday evening was something else. Like it was real throwback to the the eighties and nineties kind of vibe about it. And like, the, you know, there has to be something out there to to, to you know, yes, you know, the, the new generation cars are fantastic. You know, the the guys driving them are you know. Probably going as hard as as ever driven, you know, in any era here. But th- there is still that hankering after the old, the older style cars. Yeah, for sure, Kevin. Uh, I must say, and I, w- I was there as well as yourself that that day at Rossapena. It was one of those golden moments. It was an absolute incredible moment in rally time when you had all those drivers and all those cars that um, Donna had provided, and you know that moment there to capture that. Sadly, we, uh, the sadly it wasn't the most wasn't made of that, unfortunately, that day. But uh, still, no, it just goes to show what can be done if there's enough determination and effort put into it. You know, uh, this this rally legends, a very unique event. Like I've obviously done a lot of events, and I've never really come across anything at all similar to this. But to try and emulate that somewhere at home, you know, it's it's something that um, if you got the powers to be involved, you know, there's nothing that can't be done that's well worth looking into because. One of, the, one of the other most important parts about this event was, don't forget that you had Yari Matty Ladballo walking around the place and very, very uh, approachable sort of guy and quite happy to talk to all the fans. You had Danny Sordo, a current world rally driver who's available and as Don will tell you, he spent more time looking down with us and our team looking at our car because I think he's one of these VMs ordered as well. You had um, Andrea Adamo, who was the ex-Hyundai team principal. He was there, a very controversial figure. You had Kankinen, Mickey Grist, Dave Richards, Jimmy McRae. I mean, it was the royalty of rally, and, and they were all there, and everybody very approachable and quite happy to give you their time. So a combination of the cars, the drivers, and everything is what makes that event so unique. That's for sure. And, like, Graham, you know, like, from your point of view, everywhere you look, you know, as uh, Rory just said there, rally and royalty, 
like as was it like uh, pinch yourself moments every now and again looking around and seeing who was there? It was, it was absolutely brilliant just from that side of it. I mean, just quick story about Danny Sordo. You know, the, the night stage on the Friday, um, they sent the two basically double O's up. They weren't calling them double O's, but uh, your boy Diana in the 131, and there was a guy from San Marino in an M3. And as soon as the, the, the course cards went through, the spectators, Gareth was there as well. The spectators just moved forward about 30 foot to the side of the road. And I'm not talking, like I'm talking on the road. And flares, and it was, I think uh, we were calling it uh, right 26 around flare because there was a flare <laughs> on the apex of the corner. And um, so they sent, you know, those two guys from San Marino who are, like, I think knowledge is insane and, and there's plenty of footage of them on YouTube. But the third car into the stage was actually Danny Sordo in, in the Hyundai. And to see the latest spec world rally car, you know, the top, top, top car that's out there with one of the top drivers in the world over the last 10 years coming up into that junction. And the guys were practically slapping the back quarter panels, and he was absolutely flat out. And where else would you get that? You know, it is just that was certainly a pinch yourself moment for me because, like, we were looking at it from Irish eyes, going, "This stage is going to be cancelled." And, and, and sure enough, they had to restrict it a bit because it was probably a little bit over the edge. But one of the cars that took that stage at ten tenths was Danny Sordo, and I just thought that was brilliant. Yeah, and Gareth, you know, on your competitor head on you watching what you've seen, like you know. Austin and Andrew talking about going back next year. Would it be? Would you like to get a car? Would you like to take the polo out, or would you like to try and get something with a wee bit of history to take out and do the event? I think Grain is after admitting he was doing gravel notes there. Was he doing with the right <laughs> six round flare? <laughs> I know. What's it call it? Um, yeah, no. Look, listen, it's a it's a year away there, but yeah, we definitely would love to go over there and compete. Um, just to experience it from the inside, you know, and that's one thing I have to say there that Matthew has, uh, he has put on the, the cameras there on, on Dad's car as well. And he just sent us on one of them so far. And it was great just to see from the driver's point of view and what it was like there to go through the stages. And it is definitely spectacular, you know, and it, it, because of that, you definitely want to go and have a have a run in it. Definitely 100%. Yeah, sure. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and Graham, just come back to you, like Matthew, you know, that uncharted that halo camera, like going into the junctions, you can hear the crowd, you can hear, you can, you know, you can almost taste the flares coming through the screen. Like, it is, like, it's, it is surreal, even watching the, the, the uncharted, or the no, uncharted. It, <laughs> it, it is pretty raw, um, and that's hopefully now we'll, we'll be able to share some of that footage on YouTube over the next week or so, and, and the, you know, the few snippets that we have shared around, I think it's gone down pretty well, so... Um, I know Matthew will be uh, flat out this week getting some of that uploaded to YouTube and 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 you know similar to what we did with the uh, the 06 footage recently get just get it out there because at the end of the day people love to see it and um, yeah I think you'll you'll certainly see as you saw the you can hear the air horns you can hear the fans roaring you can see the fireworks it's just mental mm -hmm. and like Donna like from your point of view going through you know the the, the smoke and all coming off them flares and all like is that like you know is there a part of your head going, am I back in the 80s or is this today? I think <clears throat> it's just the buzz that it creates. You know, you feel uh, kind of alive uh, when you come off the end of the stage because well, when you see um, fans as hyper and as enthusiastic uh, as that, you just you feel good about the whole thing, you know. So it's, um, it's just such a buzz, you know, and it's... Um, yeah, here I wouldn't. <clears throat> I wouldn't like to be competitive, as in being on the clock, because the distractions of, of these guys jumping in and happy on some of the corners. Certainly, if you're putting on a show, 
uh, they're go they're going bonkers, you know. So um, yeah, I'm glad that you're you're there uh, in a non-competitive type uh, way because you can really enjoy it. You can really uh, lap it up and embrace it, you know. So, but um, yeah, I can't imagine what it must have been like back in the eighties when you had to be competitive driving through a sea of people, you know. So, and I suppose <clears throat> look. The one thing we, we can't downplay is the whole safety side and that. And as, as much as we're talking about it being bonkers, I don't think any of it was uh, unsafe. Um, there was um, a stage that was restricted, as the guy said, on the, the Friday night where just the crowds got too big uh, and we just had to drive through, you know. So it's not um, it's not reckless, you know, but I think the, the enthusiasm sometimes uh, uh, spills over a, a bit, you know, so, uh, but it's great. Yeah. In fairness, Donna, just on that point, the organisers did come out on the Saturday morning with a very strong statement, you know, and the rest of the weekend ran absolutely impeccably after that. It's a very, very well-run event. Um, I think, as you said, just the the uh, the emotion and the excitement. I think we all know the Italians are fairly excitable at the best of times, but, you know, mid midnight on a Friday night up the top of that mountain, it, 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 the emotion was high. So, but a brilliantly run event, in all fairness. And like Donna, I think you're going to have to get two car team out next year. I think Eamon's actually to get going as well. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's a whole lot of debate as to we were talking about a Fiesta, <laughs> we were talking about a Focus, and then we had a new driver came onto the team uh, late, a uh, very very late uh, entry on uh, Sunday morning about four o'clock on a scooter. We had uh, <laughs> we had Emma Canigo join our team. So I think he needed something with uh, plenty of protection. <laughs> <laughs> you took the best anyway, Donna. <laughs> and James, you're your fourth time this year. So by the sound of things, I think you're going back for a fifth time next year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I would say that's the plan. And all most definitely if all the lads are going to go and if we could have maybe whatever, eight, ten cars there would be great. And like the lads said, get our own service area. Uh, I suppose just to recap on one thing, Kevin, and the lads have touched on it about the heroes of the sport and all that that were there. But, you know, what I noticed about it is actually everybody that's driving a rally car there, no matter what it is, let it be Danny or Yari or Austin or Donna or myself or the guy in the Fiat 127, they're actually all treated with the same respect. Would you believe that from the fans? You know, you get the same reaction to the 127 as you do to Danny Sardo in the world car, as you do with the Focus or the Escort or the VM. It's, and that's a weird thing. You know, you go to a rally here and they watch the top 25 cars and there's a flood of people leave. Like, they were, we were there on Tuesday, I think. We went out, but first recce was Tuesday, first look at the stages. And they were a number of motorhomes and tents and barbecues being set up on Tuesday. Now, the event wasn't starting on Friday. So it just gives you an idea of, you know, that's the passion. It's amazing, amazing. So, yeah, I definitely will go back and we're just looking maybe to see is there something else as well similar because I don't want to be competitive in Ireland anymore in a Mark II Escort. Personally, you can compete with the younger generation, you know, a 25-year-old inside in a Mark II Escort today, even though the cars may be similar. So, And I don't want to necessarily compete with them anyway. So if you could pick maybe two or three events or four events like that in the year that you could do, be one of them in Ireland and three of them abroad or whatever, yeah, I would certainly love to, to be involved, most definitely. Yeah. And Rory, like for a spectator's point of view, um, get it booked and get out there next year? I was just thinking about that as you were discussing it there, you know, but 
everybody's all up for it again. So there could be a huge influx next year. I'm sure you'll be putting your name down yourself, Kevin. I think you're you're well buzzed by the whole um, yeah. by the whole response that you've uh, heard from all us boys, and also from like the, the huge amount of Irish people who were there over the weekend was incredible. And I would say we got to meet them all. If we didn't meet them at the rally, we met them in the pubs afterwards. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> and on Saturday night, it was all sort of on Saturday night when Ireland were playing the All Blacks. We were all in the pub, and the entire pub was supporting Ireland. Like, but unfortunately, that didn't come come so good for us. But we didn't disappoint. But a good enough night celebrating ourselves afterwards. Yeah, and like Andrew, you become a kind of like a an internet sensation, you know, with uh, Johnny Sexton getting a selfie with you and the, the rugby in Paris. <laughs> like, was it a bit of a come down then, the, the result against New Zealand then? No, no, I'm still getting royalties from Mr. Tato. That'll pay for my tires. Yeah, that's going to say, I was a bit disappointed there wasn't Tato in the car. <laughs> no. But I, I would like to come back to something. I think a shakedown stage before any of our rallies at home would leave the events much safer. We all were able to have a shakedown stage before the main event started. And I think it was a fantastic thing to do because people were getting dialed into their cars and their tires and making sure that there was no niggly problems along the way. And I think Austin would agree with me in that. We both had little small items that we needed to adjust to, to be ready for the competition the next day. And I think it's something that we should consider doing. And, you know, around that, you could then have the night stage and, and, and the um, the buzz starting a night earlier. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, this, you know, we talked about bringing the rally into the people, you know, instead of having the, the service area away, I know it's so difficult to get somewhere big enough, but to have a, a, a service area away out in the industrial estate and the outskirts of town, if there's any way, shape or form, it can be brought into the people, do it. Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, you know, all you need is a big stadium and, and make it all happen and allow the allow the spectators in to see the cars. We, we have a tendency to go into Park Fermi and lock everybody out. Uh, I think we can learn a big lesson from that and, and, and let everybody in and have a look at the cars. It's in a, in a controlled environment anyway. And, uh, yeah, it, it'll bring more energy to motorsport in Ireland if we do that. Maybe make uh, the the king of the cone the first days of the Donegal Rally next year. I'll be doing. <laughs> Austin, we'll leave the final word to yourself. Like you know, you've got the taste of the uh, Rally Legend now. Has it sparked? You know, has it lit the fire again? Would would could we see the McHale name back on the entry list and maybe behind the wheel of the focus? Well, sure, we'll have a I I a chat with uh, as I call him the Welder. <laughs> uh, over, over the Christmas they're coming up yeah I wouldn't mind getting uh, I never drove the 06 car the same as Gareth's car there for the World Championship to last weekend apart from one of the Deje Vu's they did with Adams who were here beside me but um, I wouldn't say no and uh, I wouldn't mind doing uh, you know either national round like a, a Galway or a Donegal you know before we're all just got past it all together for, when we still have our competitions nice that were capable of, of, of thriving the cars competitively. Uh, the only thing that I would add is that uh, to do something like was in San Marino, I would think rather than basing it with a rally here, an international here like the Clarence or the God they said earlier, was maybe on a one-off on a particular place and just for the legends of the cars only and have the rally cross cars and have all the rest of the business and take maybe a leaf out of the book 
for that because I think it's very hard if you have 130, 140 cars doing the likes of Killarney, Gilligal or Tarmac or National Championship rounds to try and bring this in and run it on the same event would probably be hard to do. Yeah. The only thing that I would say, the down that I would say about uh, last weekend was the uh, mosquito farm that was there. We all got destroyed and uh, don't know whether it's the fair skin or what it is, but it was everybody got mosquito bites and uh, and then to really put the cap on it was getting defeated by the All Blacks and the Sardines. <laughs> but the crowd of people that was in the um, pub that we'd organised, the pub hotel, and uh, I think there's probably about 3,000 people there. And of that 3,000 people, there's probably the best part of 2,000 people Irish or associated Irish, you know, which is brilliant. So, yeah. And, and I think the mosquitoes like the beer. I think that's what they're <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and was it good to sort of relate the the rivalry between yourself and Andrew one more time again as well? I taste like, you know, it was always where we were both friends, you know, like, I mean, God rest with Bertie, you know, uh, was was part of the scene over the years and Frank Marr, them lads are gone and even back to, like, just said there, back with DM3 and that was actually in uh, uh, the Circle of Ireland and that was going on with uh, Colin McRae, unfortunately, he's gone as well, you know, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's great to see a lot of us left there and, uh, for the sport and even even last weekend with Jimmy was there and uh, and uh, Alistair which was his son and then Max the grandson you know so like we were always the same that I was there and the sons were there and grandson was there as well you know one of them still here with me all the time just stick your head in there for a minute Adam let's talk to you there for a second why don't I just move out here? Yeah. 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 So this this is the next generation of McHale then is getting ready for the stages? Yeah, he's a mad, madly enthusiast, uh, but he's a very good GA player as well, so he has to make a decision which is the right road to go. But, uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's brilliant for the motorsport and he loves the motorsport. He loves doing the mud nose for his uncle and uh, he was over there the weekend. We didn't need to do any mud nose because there's no rain, so that's the first thing you can get a chance to get out for that. <laughs> it was only Nesbitt that had the gravel crew, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I really can't express, you know, how good that was for me. I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. Like to, you know, spend an hour in those guys' company is just surreal. You know, this is, you know, this is what the podcast is really all about: getting the opportunity to do things like this, Connor. Absolutely, you know that that that. As you say, that that was the whole genesis behind the, the the podcast. It was a chance to sit down and talk to the heroes of rallying and and share the stories. And you know, this is great because this is something fresh. You know, we're we're talking to our heroes here, but with a new story, with a new tale to tell, and a you know, but a new rivalry as well. Yeah, and like to hear their enthusiasm too. You know, guys that have been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and for them to go and experience this new challenge, this new adventure. And to see that the you know the the joy it brought to them too, oh, that's that's class. So I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as I did uh, recording it. So that is uh, the special, the Raleigh Legends special. Uh, can you please like, share, rate, subscribe, comment? All those things makes a huge difference. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Really appreciate it. Until the next time. Take care. Speak soon. And bye. Special thanks to all the photographers and video guys and girls that provided content there as well at the start and end of, the, uh, of this episode. Uh, especially, I think, Barry and Margaret Murphy from Digital Motorsport Images. 
Glenn Montgomery from Holder Flat Videos, Graham Nesbitt and Grace O'Brien, uh, Killian Dolan and Killian Cronin. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>